Welcome to the Parent Pivot Podcast today. I'm starting us out today as something different because Steve is really excited today about our guest and we've been talking about this guest for some time. So I'm going to kick it over to Steve to introduce him. Awesome. Thank you, sweetie. Yes, I, I have been promising everybody on the podcast, we're, we're going to schedule to record with Jim Burns. And so today is that day. And I go back a long way with Jim Burns. Um, he is the president of Homeward, who speaks to thousands of people around the world each year. And on his little blurb that they gave me, it says that he has more than 2 million resources in print in 20 languages. I did not know Jim could speak 20 languages. <laughs> Uh, but he's pres- he writes on strong marriages, confident parents, empowering kids, uh, and healthy leaders. And of course, his popular book, the one that we came across um, that we love, is Doing Life with Your Adult Children. We've mentioned that on pretty much almost every podcast. Yeah. Um, keep your mouth shut and the welcome mat out. But he's also written another one that we actually, as, we were, as I looked at the, the intro, I went, hey, wait a minute, Finding Joy in the Empty Nest. I'm going... We need to get that one. So we haven't read that one yet, but he's also written that one. He and his wife, Kathy, live in Southern California, where we are from. We were just reminiscing about some of that. They have three grown daughters, three grown sons-in-law, and three grandchildren. So they do things in three in the Burns household. Jim Burns, welcome to the Parent Pivot Podcast. Well, Julia, Steve, I'm so glad to be with you. Finally, it's been it's been a while, and it's great to see your faces. And uh, yeah, the, the the relationship goes way back, and I just hey, by the way, Steve, you've got the radio voice. <laughs> I, you know, I met you. We well, not met you, but we we were at, uh, ambassador, and when you when you launched Homeward, and everybody always told me, you know, you've got a face for radio, and and like I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, people say, I, literally, I just had a person in my office, literally, right now, as I was putting on, you know, a little light, because we're yeah. doing this video, um, and uh, they, they said the same thing. I'm doing a television show at three, and they said, uh, yeah, you'll do much better on radio. <laughs> talking about the face. Well, I wanted to uh, let people know, I mean, the Parent Pivot podcast originated because my wife, Julia, and my co-host here, and the one who I always, I'm usually opening the podcast and kicking it to her. This all came out of her brain and her experience, so refresh our listeners how this podcast started. So it started because of Jim Burns' book. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I was in a group at a church called Perimeter here in Georgia, in, Saint, um, in Johns Creek, and um, pastor there is Randy Pope. His wife is Carol Pope, and Carol was my leader. And we were looking for a book and I suggested this book because we were all in the same stage of life. We were all pretty much becoming empty nesters at different stages. And I suggested this book, Doing Life with Your Adult Children and by Jim Burns. And so we read that as a group and it was life-changing for many of the women in there. So Carol took the bull by the horns and she went into the bookstore at Perimeter Church and she ordered ordered a bunch of them so they'd be on the shelves because she had every intention of recommending it over and over again. So if you guys ever watch sales go up in Georgia for some reason, that would be the point. And and not only that, but listen to this, listeners. We have 10 copies of Jim's book. Yes. And I haven't thought of a way to uh, give them away for free. I would love for people to share this podcast and review it, things like that. But what I think I'm going to do is... Um, send us an email at parentpivotpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us what you love about this podcast, and we will choose 10 of those and send you a free copy. 
So parentpivotpodcast at gmail.com. I got 10 copies of Doing Life with Your Adult Children. Keep your mouth shut and welcome that open by Jim Burns. And we'll see what God does with that. So yeah, Jim, so um, you wrote this book a few years ago, pre-pandemic, right? Pre-pandemic, um, wrote it out of desperation because our kids were, uh, you know, going through these this um, adulthood, or at least they, you know, I, I'm putting quotes, you know, you know, when you're doing a podcast, you can't see this, but I put quotes because they kept saying we're adults. And I'm going, well, then act like adults. And <laughs> what in the world are we still paying for your cell phone and all these other things that we're paying for? And uh, so it was kind of desperation at first, not just research, desperation. Yeah. 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 Um, I have my, my first question for you, actually, in, in as, I, as I was preparing for this this week, I kind of went through the book again and was rereading things. And I thought, you know, this was pre-pandemic. The world has shifted, yeah. oh yeah. my goodness, so yeah. much in the right. last three years. And I'm just wondering if you would, if there were addendums to this book that you would be putting in right now if, right. if you were writing it now. Well, you know, you're, you're exactly right. And I would say one of the bigger addendums was when in March of that year, three million adult children came home. Because there were colleges, colleges were closing down, they were going to go online, uh, all of a sudden jobs were changing and they couldn't afford it, so they showed up. And again, if I was in, I ended up writing an article for Fox News or whatever, but at the same time, um, this was the biggie. I, I spent a little bit of time on are we enabling or helping our kids yeah. in the house, yeah. but, and I'm not sure, Kathy and I, by the way, passed our own test. <laughs> I'll just tell you that right now. But I would have put more on the, it's still that way. They moved, they, they went back to school sort of, but a lot of them didn't. Mm -hmm. So right. we, we have a lot more adult children today in the homes than we did uh, when, and I wrote the book in, in uh, 2019. So it's not like super old, but, but that would be one of the addendums. The other one, and I'm really glad, and you mentioned it actually, is that uh, I kept, I was going to write a chapter on, on, uh, finding joy in the empty nest, or at least something on the empty nest, because mm -hmm. people in our focus groups there, when we talk about adult children, they'd also talk about the empty nest, or they were right. talking about, I'm taking care of my parents and my adult children, in quotes. Mm -hmm. right. And so, but it kept getting, the, the notebook that I was writing, where I would put it aside, just kept getting bigger and bigger. And so I ended up writing another book. And so I actually do have an addendum, because the book, Finding Joy in the Empty Nest, came out of really the doing life with your adult children research, but I just felt like it needed a, its own own thing. But I would say those are the the two biggies that I would uh, that I that I felt like I needed to put some more time and energy into it when the book was done. Yeah, okay. one of the things I can imagine that has changed dramatically. In fact, we mentioned this before um, coming on the on the podcast is that when you wrote the book, I think you mentioned that the two top things were pornography and cohabitation. Cohabitation, yeah. which yeah. I get. Um, but now we've got trans going on. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and that's got to be. I mean, we're as we're sitting here on this end of the mic trying to talk to uh, parents of adult children with right. that issue facing them. We're like going, I don't even know if I know how to help you. Yeah, you I know, it's know a, it, you're you're exactly right. It's funny that you would say this because I have a friend. His name is Scott Rummel, and I don't know if you know him from the radio world, but he he's the probably the top voiceover guy in Hollywood, and he okay. actually goes to our church. Wonderful guy. He's uh -huh. the voice. I, I actually do know that name. Okay, so Scott's a great guy. So Scott was in two small groups, um, one at a church that they used to go to called Yorba Linda Friends, and another one at our church, we're both Southern California, um, Harbor Point. That's where we go. Uh -huh. So he says, 
I know Jim, he'll come to our small group and we'll talk about doing life with our adult children. So then he bribed Kathy and me with food and, uh, <laughs> you know, and he's a great guy. And so we showed up both once separately, different times, both of the conversations all geared around uh, transgender, gender issues, mm-hmm. arguing over the issue, having you know, kids being raised in a bibl- with a biblical worldview, making some changes. And then one, one of the, uh, one, an elder actually at one of the churches um, kind of came out and said, hey, you know, my, my daughter, I haven't talked about this, but my daughter is trans and is, go- and is going through the process right now. Well, it became the focal point and it comes out of a principle that you can't want it more than they wanted, it, but it's about violating values mm-hmm. and um, how what we see are happening today is our kids are violating our values that we grew up with. Right. Straying, they're straying from faith. They have a very different worldview when it comes to things. Even, you know, even I mean, even people at the church, Steve, that you were a part of, well, right. Julie too. Right. Yep. Um, I was talking with that pa- your pastor, the pastor there, and we we're talking about how the junior high, they have this. I use this phrase in the in the book, Doing Life, that they have uh, that they view tolerance as a form of loving, mm-hmm. and so the junior hires all think you need to be tolerant. They love Jesus. They right. want to follow Jesus, but they're going. We have to be tolerant in everything, right. meaning accepting with everything. Right. That's a really hard one to do. Is it? The question I have is: Is it possible to love and care and support and and be in disagreement with our kids? And I think that's where we have to fit politically too. Yes, um, absolutely. But you're exactly right. Uh, I'm writing a. I wrote a book in 2008 called The Purity Code, which kind of became the book for young kids to read on sex and sexuality. I'm actually rewriting that book. I never thought I'd write another book for kids. I've written a lot of them, but I never thought I'd write another book for kids. But because of the change from 2008 till till now, I feel like I need to write a loving approach to for these kids to mm-hmm. to find a biblical view of sexual integrity. Yeah. And uh, so I'm in the middle of that right now and yeah. didn't see that coming. But you look at millennials and then especially Gen Z, 25 and under, they they are not in line with what their parents are when it comes to gender identity. Yeah. 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 In fact, our, our last podcast that, that that was airing, the one that we posted last week was on sexuality, but we, we titled it, Don't Poke the Bear. And by that we meant, don't pick a fight on this. Your kids yeah. already know what you believe and, and whatever. We, again, we always are airing on the side of, you want relationship, you don't want to be right. Yeah. Um, or, and, yeah. and, and, and so that's, that's kind of where we landed uh, as far now, as that's good marriage advice too. You know, for you guys, <laughs> Kathy and me, I, that's my, that's my motto. You know, do I want to be right or do I want to improve the relationship? And a lot of times you can't be both, but I, I think you're, I think you're exactly right. That's the line I take. I said to a woman, literally, I was just on a radio show two hours ago and she, it was calling and I said, does your her, her daughter it wasn't gender identity issues but it was uh she moved in 19 moved in with her boyfriend i said does she know what you believe yes does she know how you feel yes then expand the relationship because i don't think this relationship is going to work she's 19 and i think he was like 31 mm-hmm. so, you know, yeah. it's, I mean, and it wasn't based on good things right when she crashes not if but when she crashes she correct now you can still say i don't agree with what you're doing and in fact i'm not going to fund you for this and I, but I love you like crazy. And when can we, you know, go get, you know, some lunch, um, and, and hang out and you don't just become a one topic parent. Right. That's the tough thing. Right. Because our hearts are breaking. Right. And some of the things I, we have talked about too, is look for opportunities 
to speak life into your adult child. Find the character traits that you are impressed about them on yeah. and be their biggest cheerleader. You know, we, we don't want to be chipping away at the things that they're saying wrong, doing wrong or whatever. But you know what? Those things go a long way so that, like you said, not if life crashes, but when it crashes, yeah. you want them coming back to you and saying, mom and dad, you know, I made a mistake. And and again, I, the other part of it is just hitting your knees. You know, it's like, okay, father, I, I, I've had to learn to surrender my kids every day. I, in fact, I'm a big believer in John Eldridge's pause app. I have listened to the pause app every morning for a like long it. time. Yeah, and like the, he's got a prayer of, of benevolent um, detachment saying that I've got to... Um, uh, release my kids and surrender them to the Lord because they don't belong to us. They belong right. to him. They have right. my DNA. And a lot of us don't like the way our DNA is behaving. <laughs> but there, there isn't a whole lot I can do about that. It's out of my control. But I can speak life into them exactly. and be their biggest cheerleader and saying, this is what I love about you. I love how God's created yep. you to do this. Yep. Um, and, and again, I don't have a trans child, so I can't sit there and say, I, I, I know what you're going through, but our hearts go out to you. We want sure. to be there for you and love you through that. Yeah. And, you know, to, in a good way, just on the side for adult children, there's some pretty good support groups. There's uh, some great things going on in the Atlanta area where you are. Um, we here at Saddleback, they've just run through 100. And, I'm, I'm not at, I don't go to that church, but Saddleback has 150 parents of adult children whose kids are either gay, lesbian, trans mm -hmm. and um and these parents are kind of but they have a biblical worldview but they don't want to shun their kids right so how do they kind of embrace their kids you know the way we were talking so i'm pretty excited about that for people that there are avenues and there's some books being you know out right now that would have our view and, yeah. and i love them and when you think about it we can all almost put a prodigal son story in our own lives where we have wandered away from God and done things our own way and yeah. realized, you know what? Oh, gosh, my parents were right or he was right. And how much do I want to yeah. be back in that fold? And yeah. it's it, it, everybody's got a different, unique story. Um, and some of them are very um, long and, and take a while and, and have deep things around them. Um, but all I can do is keep looking and looking down the road and praying for them and, and hoping they come back and stuff. But yeah, that's, 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 um, that's kind of what we've been chatting about. Well, yeah. well when they stray, I, what I say is um, they still have one question. Do you still love me? Mm. And, you know, that, they're not saying that, but they want to know, do you still love me? And, you know, you look at Jesus. Uh, I'm amazed when I continue to study the life of Jesus you know, he goes to a woman who was caught in adultery, could have killed her. Everybody else threw their stones and left. But he goes, you know, go and sin no more. He showed grace and mercy, but he didn't change his theology. He didn't have right. to. Right. But he showed grace and mercy. You know, he's hanging around with a prostitute. He sh showed the unconditional love and grace and mercy, back to the grace and mercy of God. And, and the prostitute changes and becomes a, a, a Christ follower, a big time Christ follower. Mm -hmm. Over and over again, that's, you know, and it's hard for parents because we want, we don't want our kids to go through or even make some of those silly decisions that we even did, but yeah. we can do this with love and with um, the fact that we, we can disagree. I mean, and like in our family, we've got like one of our daughters who I, I have three daughters, like you said, and, and we're now at three and a half on the grandchildren. So we've got one and the other. <laughs> I, went out, I went out to dinner last night with my youngest who is pregnant. And uh, and it was fun. We had all we we talked about pregnancy the whole time, but um, it was just her. Well, she, her, myself, and we we ate two 
whole boxes of chips or whole cartons <laughs> of chips, which was not a good thing. But she can do it because she's pregnant. She can eat anything she wants. But but in talking about that, what what we were saying was we were talking, you know, there's things in her life that I don't necessarily always agree on. And politically, I don't. I mean, not that I'm, I don't speak politically. One of right. the one of the things that at Homeward is we just don't speak. I mean, half of our audience at Homeward would not listen to me if they heard me speak one right. way or the other. Right. Right. But she and I are really on different, are different places. And uh, we just said, we're not going to have this conversation in our family. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do it and try to go tit for tat. And that's hard sometimes, especially with my wife. She wants to straighten her out on some political stuff. And, um, we just have to learn to, you know, keep our mouth shut. You know, when you're on a podcast, the beauty is nobody can see the scar on my tongue from having to bite my tongue on that. Yeah. But we have to. Then that, and that that actually shows honor to them. Yeah. I really don't think that we're chickening out. It's not our job. We yeah. don't have to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We have those kind of conversations too often in our house and, and just choose to not talk about those things. In your book, you do talk a lot about your relationship with your girls and I'm assuming it's, it ebbs and flows. Would that be accurate? Yeah. Well, I think it's ebbed and flows from the day they were born. <laughs> and I thought by the, when they were adults, we we're going to be all one happy adult, you know, family. Yeah. And as they became what I call emerging adults, those 18 to whatever's yeah. are, were hard right. today, it's not as tough, Julia. I mean, our kids are in their thirties now. Yeah. They've sort of settled into it. And, and I think Kathy and I have gotten better. You know, now, again, the, the other day, one of our other daughters, we were with her and Kathy was giving some advice and, and I wanted to give some advice. And all of a sudden I go to Kathy, principal number two, we both need to, you know, we laugh because we know our principles, right? Yeah. Which is unsolicited advice is usually taken as criticism. And I can right. see our advice, it had nothing to do. It, had to, it was a health issue, okay, about her. And yet we needed to keep our mouth shut and be invited into the right. situation. And I find that by the 30s, now we're kind of mentors for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a really cool place to be. But part of that was we had to give them the passport to, to adulthood. We had to relinquish and reinvent the relationship. So in let me young, ask, I'm sorry. In the yeah. younger times, let me just finish this. Yeah, yeah. We didn't know what we were doing and they didn't know what they were doing. Right. So they didn't know how to be yeah. adults and right. we didn't know how to parent an adult. So, yeah. So, yeah. Have there been, has there been an instance that maybe comes to mind where it's like, hey, we did keep our mouth shut and then this came up and, and, yeah. and one of our came and asked us. And, and so in other words, I, wa- I want to show the listeners, hey, this really does work if yeah. you do yeah. keep your mouth shut. Do you, have, do you have one or two you can share? I got have a, fun, a quick fun story and I actually wrote about it in the book Doing Life. Um, so our daughter, Christy, uh, they were moving to Texas for one year. It ended up being one year. She's a surfer. They don't have to do a whole lot of surfing in, <laughs> in Fort Worth, Texas. But... Uh, so, so they lived with us for two months, which was funny enough, you guys, when you're talking about adult children, because Steve, her husband, loved it. His name's Steve. He's named after you. Um, <laughs> and the two children, great. It was Christy who kind of went back to being 17, right? And, uh, and we were, now we're starting to parent. What time are you coming home tonight? As if, you know, these are adult you know, people. Right. Well, anyway, Steve and Christy were in kind of an argument about how they were going to move. They were looking, and cost was important. And I'm in the kitchen, and it's weird to see your two adult Oh, well, he's not, I mean, he's, I treat him like a son, yeah. but they're having this argument. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, I, I'm here. Calm down. You know, guy. finally, I didn't think Steve's idea. I thought Steve's idea was horrible. And I thought Christy's idea was almost as horrible. So I just walked in. I said, Hey, do you guys mind if I, I give you 
another idea? And Chrissy never looks at me. She puts her hand up, stills facing Stephen, goes, not now, Dad, not now. So I kind of went, okay. So in my head, the bubble says, you know, I get paid to give people advice. So it was a disaster move. They used Steve's idea, which was terrible. And so a crib uh, fell off of his truck. And so they had no crib. And uh, they lost the screws, the bed, which for the whole year never found the screws and just kept it on the floor. Sure. Um, the mattress. And there was something else. Oh, a, a, a drawer, some drawers got totally dinged along with other things. So the next week I'm speaking in Dallas. Kathy's there to help, you know, kind of move in and watch the kids and all this. And uh, they're having the discussion about all the disaster. After we had gone to Target, this is where I'm saying we, we don't do as I say, do as I We had bought them a new crib. I mean, because it was like the baby needs a crib. So right. we go to Target and buy, you know, for 280 bucks, you know, now that, now they have a crib, right? Yeah. And inside so, you're just thinking, well, if you just listen to my option, we wouldn't have to do exactly, this. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so they're having this discussion about, and Christy is blaming Steve. And I'm thinking, it's you're just as bad, right? And then all of a sudden she goes, Dad, you had an idea. What was your idea? And I said, I, I told her what I thought they should have done. And she goes, Dad, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> you know, that's, and, and of course, they moved back a year later and, you know, they used my idea, right? But, <laughs> but I just laugh because I go, I, I practice what I'm trying to preach. I, you know, I, I, I ask for permission and you said yeah. no. Yeah. But, but um, I find that they'll come. You know, there was an old, old, old commercial. But hey, if we're talking to parents of adults, you know, they probably remember it. It was E.F. Hutton and it was financial services. And they, and they, would, they would lean in when they started talking about yes. finances. Yes, you know? yes. And, and I think that happens uh, where your kids will lean in if you're if you're doing it right and you're treating them like an adult, they'll come back. So my whole dinner last night with my youngest, almost all of it was about mentoring. You know, just mm -hmm. what would you do in this case? What would you do in this case? They're making some changes, her and her right. husband, um, with this new baby, and you know they've right. got a home in L.A. and they're trying to figure out do they move or whatever. And you know it was just it was wonderful. Yeah. And I just I just you know I I gave her a hug and I just said thank you so much for you know. The date, I try to have a date. My kids live near us somewhat, so I try to have a date with them once a month, the yeah. girls. And uh, I have just found those to be great times of almost mentoring. And I don't think they're going, oh, I'm, I'm going to meet with dad, so I, I want to mentor, be mentored by dad. But yeah. that's what they turn into a lot of times. Yeah. What, I, what I'm hearing is we're earning the right to be heard. It's sure. kind of like, like anything else with any other relationship that you go to start with. You just happen to be related to this one. And, you know, and they're tired. They want to they want to fly. They want to stretch their wings. They want to go. And and they're, they're you know, they, they can fly out of the nest. They can hit the ground. And we tell we tell parents, you want to become a partner. You can't say I told you so. They're going to get hurt, scuffed up. You just welcome them back to the nest and saying, come here. Let's go by the crib. No, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to bite our tongue. And that's no, what well, that... you use. And you use the words cheerleader, Steve, and yeah. cheerleader is what we need to be. So mm -hmm. you can say, I told you so. And you can say it every day. You could say, you're not raising the kids, right? This is how you should do it. I mean, we all, and you're probably right, <laughs> but that's not in the long run. You're not going to win the war on that. So mm -hmm. to be the, like I noticed today, I, I was coming back from this radio thing. I was coming in to hang out with you guys and, and I'm in my office and I, uh, called my wife. I said, where are you? She goes, oh, I decided to pick up Charlotte, who's our our grandchild who's five, at preschool. And it's not her day to pick it up. We've we watched the kids. Um, but you can say we. Notice that. <laughs> pick up. But, um, but she said, but I just thought it'd be so fun for Charlotte to play with Huxley. Huxley is our little two-year-old, different families, two, two okay. different daughters. Yeah. And so I just went, 
how cool is that? It saved them babysitting money because they use a babysitter typically today. Yeah. And yeah. that was Kathy. Well, you know yeah. what? That's built. She's getting points. Whether Christy ever, you know, gives her points, she's given points because she said, "Oh, I want, you know, I want to go pick her up." Well, how cool yeah. is that? She's had her yeah. for two days in a row now. This is day day three, but I'm really glad she did it. We want to be those grandparents, and yeah. that takes time and energy and effort and exhaustion. And then sometimes you go. Are you guys even grateful for this? You know, in, your heart, in, your, in your head, you don't want to say it, right? Yeah. Right. What do, what do your grandkids call you, Jim? What do they call you and Kathy? Papa Jay. Papa Jay. Hey, you know what's Papa like Jay? You know what's funny about that being called Papa Jay is my oldest one's grandson is named after me, and um, and you know so I always go by Jim. The amount at Starbucks, I'm now James. If I'm going to a you know any place like you're going into a restaurant, I'm Jay. Right. I am. That's my real name is James, but I'm laughing because I'm so identified, identifying with this. I call it a love, a love relationship between generations. Yeah. I'm so tied into this kid that there are people who think now my name is James and I'm, but I'm so, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Yeah. But yeah. Papa Jay. He calls me, he calls me Papa Jay and, and they all call me Papa Jay and little, even little Huxley, who's two, one of the first words he learned was you know papa's an easy word to learn yes yes and so he said yeah he so he called me uh papa papa bay papa pa bay you know he didn't get it right <laughs> but now he calls me papa jay i'm feeling pretty good about it yeah we uh we have two grandchildren we have a three-year-old uh granddaughter lila and a two-year-old grandson jameson and we are pop and juju yeah that's so awesome. And what's kind of funny is our son Wes will uh, they'll FaceTime with us you know at least once a week and we're usually yeah. and we're on the East Coast or on the West Coast so yeah. we're watching TV we're watching Big Bang Theory something like that the lights are usually yeah. out and the next thing you know here comes FaceTime on the phone in sure shooting there will be Lila or Jameson their first words are light on light <laughs> on they can't can't see you Pop and Juju where are you. But it, it yeah. is the best, and uh, and think so. Yeah, I'm a little jealous of you that you're so close and get to see them all. We don't get yeah, to do no. that. So well, often. you know, I have a friend named Wayne Rice who I yeah used to work with. He was the yeah. founder of Specialties, mm -hmm. and he wrote a book called Long Distance Grandparenting. Mm. He'd be he'd be a good guy. I mean, he's a great podcast guy. Yeah, uh, but. You know, the, he has filled me in on how hard he has all long distance, you know, with his kids, his grandkids. And I read his book and I really like it. But the fact is, is that's one of the deep, you know, concerns of our, our kids are, are moving away from us. And, you know, it, it, there's a lot of grief in it. I, I, I probably would have written maybe I would have added your first question about, you know, what would I have changed? Maybe talked a little bit more about grief and loss. So the grief of going, oh, I can't. You know, I'm grieving because I have to speak on Saturday morning and James has a game at nine and I'm not done till 1030. It's a local speaking gig. I'm grieving at that. And so, you know, missing I'm missing that. Yeah. So when you're long distance, some of those kinds of things, that's why that's why it's beautiful to have to have those FaceTime meetings. They're more important. I mean, it's very important to you all, but it's it's very important to them, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Yeah. And unfortunately, three of our four children are on the other side of the country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we're hoping that at some point they'll all have kids and they'll all get settled wherever they're going to settle because it yeah. probably won't be Southern California or wherever right. they are. One of them is up at Hume Lake at the camp. Or oh, cool. the, and so we think long term they're not going to be there. So, right. you know, if they ever figure out where they're going to be, we will move to where oh, they're oh. going to be. Yeah, we've said that in a minute. If all of them lived in the same area, the, what I find yeah. a lot of people is they go, okay, one is 
you know, uh, you know, different sides of the country and somebody in the middle and, you know, all that. That's where it's hard. Yeah. I actually know some people who have a lot of money. I'm not suggesting that they everybody should do this, but they have three kids, three kids in three different spots, and they actually sold their fancy dancy house in Southern California. Their kids aren't in Southern California, and they actually live. One is Phoenix, so it's pretty close to where right. we are in Southern California. Yeah. So they, their main place is Phoenix, but these are all like condos. They took the money and they bought condos you know, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they just sort of. He still works, but he can work from home. But they're in the process of kind of retiring, and I just kind of laugh because I go. God, maybe we should do that, Kathy. We just need to get the kids to move to a place that we would like, like Hawaii or something, yes. but I can't talk them into it. Yeah, yeah. I'm right there with you. I'd move to Hawaii in a second. Yeah, so I, I'm, I, I'm going to go back to a little, little commercial break here saying, okay. hey, we've got some copies of Doing Life with Your Adult Children. We are talking to Jim Burns, president of Homeward, and and pretty much uh, has, this, this book has really helped us to say, hey, we looked out there. There was nobody talking to parents with adult children, so we launched the Parent Pivot podcast in January basically around this theme of doing life with adult children. And so Jim is our guest today, and we have 10 copies that we're going to give away free, but you need to send us an email at parentpivotpodcast at gmail.com. Give us your name, obviously your address. Tell us what you like about uh, about the podcast and, and share this with your friends. Go, We have a Facebook page, so go look us up on Facebook, Parent Pivot Podcast. And we are on all the different podcast platforms. But send us an email. Um, we would love to hear from you. And if you've got some stories, some things that you're hearing about, hey, I love that you talked about this on this podcast. We would love to interact with you uh, on things. But you need to send us an email. And we want to we want to uh, give away some copies of Jim's book and stuff. So, Jim, as you have uh, now, the book's been out for a couple years now. Has there been any feedback from folks? Are they uh, been some good stories? Are there still some helicopter parents out there that just haven't got a clue and to know? I'm just going to keep beating my head over the fact of like you're you're sleeping with other women and you shouldn't be. And the Bible says this. And what's the matter with you? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Uh, the I you know I wrote this book out of. Um, desperation for our own life, trying to figure it out and, and then some research, but you know, Homer is the largest provider of parenting seminars in the U S and we're, we're thinking mainly of, to parents of younger kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, but people kept coming and saying, well, what do you have for adult children? Yeah. Well, when I started doing the research, there wasn't a lot out there. There's more every day because there's such, it's such a need, but, um, you know, the book is, uh, somebody told me this morning that the book is still the fourth best on Amazon for, Christian and family, hmm. uh, a couple of, uh, it's second with midlife and second with parenting adult children. Yeah. It, the, the other books kind of fluctuate, but that book just stays. In fact, a couple of, about a month ago. So this is the book launched in March of 2019. Uh, um, the book was fourth worldwide on Amazon. Wow. So what that means is it's hit and in, you know, what you're talking about on your podcast is key. Yeah. Yeah. So when that's the case, I mean, you, you want to check my other books. They're not there. You know, I've written other books, but it's not even close. So I think what happened was it's really hit a, a nerve. Yeah. So every yes. day, literally every day, um, you know, Homeward gets info. I get info. If I go speak someplace, people talk to me about it. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of the things that I hear, I mean, they'll go, thank you for the book. But what I hear is my kids are estranged from me. And mm -hmm. Uh, the one that came in today at Homeward that I saw, and I'll write back to this lady because we write back to everybody. I don't, sometimes it's me and sometimes it's somebody else on the staff, but I'll write to this one because my heart just goes out to her. Her, her children have walked away from faith. Yeah. So she's a very strong Christian, 
and the and as a grandma, they're they're forbidding even when the kids are coming summer, they're forbidding her to do it. And and I say, had apparently I'd suggested this woman. It's funny that you'd say Hume Lake because I they live by Lake, and I said, you know, why don't you get them to camp? Yeah. Um, so a lot of times parents will allow that because it's camp, even if it's Christian right. camp. Right. And this, this said the woman, her daughter said, if you take send them to a Christian camp, then our relationship is done. Wow. And so what I'm going to have to write her and, and I'm going to say, no, in, it's principle number eight um, in terms of the blend and your your stepchildren. And all, there's all kinds of things on that. But yeah. it's, but it's basically back to, you know, wear beige and keep your mouth shut. And basically what you do is you honor the parent, even though you don't agree with them. You honor yeah. the parent because eventually I think they'll, they'll give in. I mean, you know, they'll, they'll give some of that. Pray for your grandkids like crazy. But that was yeah. today's. So that's the painful one. But then you also have the ones that go, hey, you know, we have made a pivot. We learned this and, you know, our relationship has never been better with our adult kids. Mm. Uh, it's gotten a lot of response, more than yeah. I ever dreamed. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I think, and, you know, going to the grandparent thing, when people ask me about my faith, I will tell them the reason for the faith that I have is because yeah. of my grandmother. And it wasn't because of anything she said or did. It was because she was on her knees. Yeah. And I have yeah. four other siblings. I would say all five of us truly yeah. believe that my patriarchal grandmother was yeah. the force behind that. And it was her prayers. And hey, it was, isn't, yeah. isn't that, you know what, Julia, that really actually, I got chills when you're saying it because the other day James was sitting by me and they used to live with us. And you know, they lived for two months, but then when they came back from Texas, they lived for 15 months. And uh, it was COVID, and, and they couldn't get the house they were supposed to live in because people wouldn't move out, right? Yeah. And yeah. we would do devotions together. Mm. And um, we read through the children's Bible three times. Well, I'm much more serious with my grandkids than I was with my own kids. I mean, yeah. I'm embarrassed to say that, but, you know, I didn't read through the Bible, children's Bible with my kids three times. I'll tell you that much. But what I realize now is, you know, my legacy is probably that. And I showed James Monday. I said, hey, I keep a journal and I write my prayers in a journal. And I said, mm -hmm. what's that? And he goes, James, I, go, <laughs> I was praying for you today, dude. Well, you know, this is a seven year old. He, yeah. and, he and he knows scripture and he's funny. He they his, Christy, our oldest and James and Charlotte and, and their husband, Steve, go to our church. But I want him to know that I'm praying for him every day. And I want yeah. my I want my adult children to know that, too. Yeah. Because yeah. they they all bumped faith wise, and two of them went to Christian schools, graduated from Christian schools, but they all had a little bump. But they need to know that, you know, that that Kathy and I are you know do pray for them. But even when you say I'm praying for you, that can sound preachy. Yeah, yeah. And you got to be even careful with how you word that. And I think we go to as adult parents of adults. I think we go too overboard on that, where we try to we we do want to sound preachy, and we we just need to back off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always want to come across real and authentic and genuine. And if I say I'm going to pray for somebody, I will try to stop and pray right there for them. Yeah. Oh, that's me. Because I don't oh, want to. Okay. I don't want to just say it. it's like no. If if I say I'm going to do it, let's do it right yeah. now. And it doesn't have to be long. It can just be real yeah. and short and sweet and, yeah. uh, and things. No, that's that's me. Could be, I have way too much AD, adult ADD to uh, <laughs> I'll forget it. So I I literally when I say I'm going to pray for you. I'm praying for you right now, or I'm in my journal. I, I keep names and I'll yeah. look at those sometimes, but yeah, I think you just do that. Yeah. And, so and sometimes when we say it, it sounds trite. And I think that's what you're referring to is that yeah. it can sound trite and preachy, like you said. And yeah, but I think, 
I think, like you were saying before, our kids know what we think and feel and what we believe. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't need to keep saying it over and over no. again. No. Because well, they know. Yeah. No, that's what in the in the book doing life. I talk about being a one topic parent yeah, and yes. I understand being a one topic parent. If your child has strayed from faith or if your child has uh, violated values or they disagree with you or whatever, or they're you know in some kind of pain, you are a one topic parent. Mm-hmm. We, but so that's what's in our mind. But we have to broaden the relationship. Right. And we're also real. We have to realize we're in a marathon, not in a sprint. Right. Uh, I'm sorry that this was the case for my dad, but, he, but, but beautiful too. My dad became a Christian in his 80s. Mm. So he missed a whole lot of spiritual purpose and, and whatnot in his life. He got sober at 69. Pretty amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. he's my hero. I mean, he, he was an alcoholic and at 69, he goes into treatment by where you guys used to live in Orange, uh, California. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't drink anymore. How great is that? Then he becomes yeah. a Christian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the story with our kids. It's, it's, mm-hmm. It, they're probably most a lot of the people who are listening to podcasts their kids are christian um and they were raised in the christian home but yeah. they're going to maybe get serious with it later in their life yeah. and they're going to have some bumps and bruises mm-hmm. along yeah. the way that's hard for parents because we don't want them to have it you know i say experience is a better teacher than advice yes yes hard as an adult parent easy if your kid is five and they fall off their bike and you kind of go yeah sorry you skinned your knee yes love you and now get back up on the bike and keep riding. When they're an adult and they're skinning their knee, sometimes it's a lot more difficult than a skinned knee. You know, it's it's divorce. It's exactly it's, it's so yeah, much more difficult. Whatever. And, and you know, but it's still going to be experience as a better teacher than advice. Yeah. So yeah, we just have to sit yeah. back and catch them when they when they're hurt. I want to ask you one thing that's a little more specific. Um, and it's because I have a good friend that goes through this. And I said, you know what? I'm going to be talking to Jim Burns. I'm going to ask him this specific question. But we're not mentioning names. (laughs) No names. Um, So I have a friend who has been a single parent for 15 years. Her kids are all are grown now, past college, um, all of that. But the effects of that split still remain. The effects of dad lives a more even though he may be a believer, he lives a little more free lifestyle. Mom's yeah. a little more conservative, yada, yada, yada. So I, I, and I have, I got this book for her and, and gave it to her because she really struggles with this. It's like, yeah. there's no one else speaking into my children other yeah. than me in this yeah. area of their life. Their dad doesn't right. do it. They're not going to church. Yeah. You right. know, all of these things. Right. And so, as a single parent, I'm just curious if you have come across single moms who have a similar story and the advice that you've given them or yeah. anything like that. Well, you know, you know what, Julia, I actually think I could be wrong, but I think it's the number one question we get asked in our parenting seminars, whether it be for adult children or, or whatever, you know, a divorce and it could be dad. It's usually dad, you know, dad has moved in with a girlfriend or dad has different values or whatever. And so now the mom not only is the only spiritual force, but she's also the only like, you know, kind of sane force in terms of some of the stuff. Dad allows them to watch goofy stuff on media. Mom is like, so what I say is don't pin yourself into being the bad guy. You know, Mm -hmm. like with, you know, you guys with your kids, Kathy and I, I could be the good cop. She could, my wife could be the bad cop. And then we have to reverse roles. And there are even times when we talk, you want to be the bad cop? Or the good cop? <laughs> right? 
you're a single mom doesn't have that. So she, it's, it, it sounds almost schizophrenic, but there are times when she has to be just the good cop. She mm-hmm. has to have fun with them because if she's only the person that's bringing bad news or she's only the person who's always preaching at them, mm-hmm. they're going to run from that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what I'm saying to that, to that mom is in the middle of all this, still have some serious fun because they're having some serious fun over with dad in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I find that kids with, with us, with one parent is the more together parent, the more parent who's walking with the Lord, the parent who, I mean, again, nobody's perfect, but the parent is doing that. They, they get that when they become adults. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I see the kids who were struggling and say the teen years, cause they want to go be with Disneyland dad. Once things are changing and there's maybe they get married or maybe there's, and now there's grandma and all that, they migrate back to the one who's the steady one. Mm. If the steady one isn't just being negative Nancy, and again, men could do the same thing, negative Ned or whatever. So I think she has to be really careful. In in the book, Finding Joy in the Empty Nest, maybe we can do another podcast on it sometime, but in that book, I write to single parents Mm. uh, because empty nest, I mean, you know, you go, you guys go into the empty nest or we go in the empty nest, we could kind of like commiserate. Mm-hmm. But yep. there's two huge losses for a single yes. uh, mom, say this single mom. You know, loss number one is that the child leaves and they even had a different bond in the house as a sing without, you know, without another parent there. Right, right. But that's a huge loss. And then there's the loss of either death or divorce. Mm-hmm. And what's fascinating about that is they it keeps coming back up. Like, you know what? My kids are doing this because we got a divorce. It's my fault. Yes. And what I want to say to I just I spoke this year at the uh, single moms Na- national conference on single motherhood or something and all these single moms. And I opened by saying, I hope you understand that really good parents have kids who make poor choices. And then I yes. said, and I would bet that most of you thousands of people in this room, most of you are really good moms. And you know what? Yes. Clapped. Yes. Also, they needed to hear that because what they've been beating themselves up because, yeah. you know, the, of the of the divorce or they just feel like a failure too many times yeah. mm-hmm. and you know if you're a single parent the amount of times you feel i mean i felt like a failure you know and even with our adult children we're going we we should have let them go on more mission yes. trips mm-hmm. we should have prayed together as a family more we should have should have should have should have so now you, you become a sing you're in a single parent situation yeah. and you have even more shouldas you know yes so we need to back off and and, and go no we're going to be we're going to be the fun people but to do that Single parents need good friendships. They need somebody to, you know, hold them up. And, yeah. and that's why it's neat that a friend of yours asked you that because that means she's reaching out to, to friendships. You know, it's, it's, so, it's so key. Yeah. I actually shared this on a previous podcast. Um, I was in between uh, jobs, at, actually working at Home Depot in Beaufort, Georgia. Yeah. And yeah. My, my, my shift had ended and I go walking down the, the door lock aisle, heading back to go punch out and go home. And I see this mom sitting there and she I'm going, oh, please, Lord, don't let her ask me a question. I know nothing about what's on this shelf. And sure, she, she does. And I'm like, well, you know, we've used this one, da, 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 da. And she, she's just kind of quiet. I just kind of stood there. And, and I, um, she, I think she volunteered the information herself, but she was getting this coded door lock to keep her daughter out of her house. Mm. And I'm, all of a sudden, my, my, my ministry hat went on. My heart of compassion just swelled up with that going, okay, there's a story here. And I said, wow, that must be tough. And her daughter was uh, an addict and was keep coming home, causing issues. And she just kind of got to the point where it's like, 
I've got to set a boundary. I'm going to put a door lock on my door to keep my daughter out. And I'm oh. sitting there going, I don't know what words of encouragement I have for her, but I just put my arm around her and I said, can I pray for you? And yeah. you would have thought I just gave her a million dollars. I'm in the middle of Home Depot. Yeah. Um, right. You know, employees don't pray with customers in Home Depot. <laughs> but I just felt led to do that. And I just, I just, I looked her in the eyes before I did and said, you are a good mom. Your daughter's decisions do not define you as a mother. I, and she, the tears just started coming. I just spoke truth into her. I, yeah. I put my arm around her and hugged her. Jim, when we were done and I said, amen, she almost squeezed the life out of me. She would not yeah. let go. And I'm, and I'm thinking I haven't really done anything yeah. other than just look her in the eyes and saying, yeah. you're a good mom. You yeah. do not but, own the response. You're not responsible for your child's decisions. Yeah, no, that that's beautiful on several levels. And, um, and uh, you know, aisle 13 had a, a neat, Experience that day, you almost got fired for it, perhaps. It, but you know, there you go. But, Actually, yeah. I told I told I told the manager that walked by. So I just got just prayed for a lady. She gives me a hug. She goes, "I just, I just love you so much." I'm going, yeah, yeah but I. That, but see, that's that's what we're called to do. Yeah, and that's what she needed too, and yeah. uh, and she does have a story that's a rough story. And so by even acknowledging it, you can't fix it. Right. But you prayed for her. You know, right. and, and 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 you acknowledged it and. Those are what we need. Those are, you know, we all need that. Right. And those are things we can take to our adult children, too. We don't have to agree with what's happened. But if you just put your empathy and compassion lens on and just say, I don't need to fix this. I don't need to tell them they did something wrong. But I just want to look them in the eye and say, you know what? This isn't on you. You are a good daughter. You're a good yeah. mother. You're a good son. You're a good father. And I love you. Um, this is not on you. And, love you know, that. and then that's all you need. You talk about relationship. I haven't said anything or made any judgment or criticism about any decision yeah. they made. I just said, I love you. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite stories in your book is where you talk about the dad. I think he took his daughter skiing and that he had, you know, he was used to having the list of things they needed right. to talk to his daughter about. Right. And that he chose to put the list aside and went skiing with his daughter, had a blast and just the impact that made on her and their relationship. Yeah. I just think that was yeah. right. a great story. Well, you know what? I I mean, that's my friend Rob, and he passed away, interestingly enough. And I actually hmm. that story at his funeral. I mean, in another way, you know, being careful to, but he's because he, he died actually at, at 53, so he's pretty young. His kids hmm. are still somewhat young. Wow. But, you know, I'm that guy. I mean, I have a list in my pocket to go talk to my kids about it. And then I see, and Rob is like, my goodness, he, uh, he was a restaurant owner and had restaurants in California and in Hawaii and yeah. restaurants you would probably know. And, uh, and so any MBA from Stan, uh, from Harvard and just, you know, brilliant guy and whatever. So he, he wants to fix it. But sometimes all they want is just a relationship. Yeah. Yes. And, and so go skiing with him. And then even the daughter in that story, the daughter, you know, said, Dad, I know you had some stuff, so I'll just fill you in right now. What's going on? And he goes, why do I need to ask when I got her the next day? You know, it was really it was a good lesson for me because Rob mm -hmm. was older than me and he had had that experience with his daughter, Angela. Before I started having to need those stories with mm. my kids, yeah, and 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 sometimes it doesn't work. I mean, my daughter Becca, who actually now has a master's degree in clinical psych, right? Um, count, you know, incredible woman. She traveled with me for four years, but she she bumped in college. She went to a Christian college, mm. and I would drive about an hour and fifteen minutes every Tuesday to go have dinner with her because Kathy teaches a Bible study. So, hey man, I got all kinds of time on Tuesdays. Okay. 
it's either, you know, Hawaii five O back then or go see my daughter. <laughs> so I'm driving like I'm a, very aware that I'm driving an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes to go see her, have dinner and whatever. And sometimes we would talk about snowboarding and I would just go, oh, man. But, you know, she told me a while back, she goes, I treasured those times, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. And and she kind of even did the thing. I'm sure you had other things you wanted to say. Yeah. But you just kind of, you know, and, and again, I, I wanted to talk about spiritual things, whatever. And I bring stuff up. Yeah. But there were other times when I just had to talk about the latest, greatest boy that was in her life or how bad the school was and, right. you know, what's going on. And, you know, <laughs> she needs money. She, you know, these other kind of things. But that's what we do. That's what right. life yeah. is about. Yeah. We don't just all, we, we're not, it's, it's a marathon. Like I said, it's not a sprint. Yeah. Amen. Amen. A definite marathon. Yeah. So it's been, I, you know, as I'm looking at the time and we're not in a hurry, we can just keep chatting all day with you. And, and I know you've got other uh, interviews that you want to get to, but um, we have so appreciated your book. It's given us um, a, a, a great things to talk about uh, and, and interview you. And, and maybe you can give us uh, um, some other ideas of other people that we can, we can interview on the Parent Pivot podcast. Sure. It's just been such a it's been such a joy. I've been promising our listeners for so long yeah. and stuff. And I've got free books to give away. So, folks, as we wind down the podcast today, uh, send us your email to parentpivotpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know that you you know uh, what your story is, how many kids you got, um, what you love about uh, the podcast, and write a review and things. We'd love to get you a copy, and we'll look at that, and we'd love to um, get get with you. We also have two other ways to get in touch with us. We're, we're, we both have websites for our, our things that we do. Julia has her own um, counseling website at... MeadowbrookCounselingGA.com. Com. There you go. So you can spend some time with Julia there. And I walk with men, helping them live out of their identity as a beloved son and understand that at bringingkingdom.org. So there's a couple of different ways to get to know us and, and, and talk more about this. And uh, hopefully, Jim, we might have you back in another podcast. We're going to read Finding Joy in the Empty Nest. Uh-huh. Uh, we may have to start a whole other podcast just yeah. about that. But <laughs> we did talk about empty nesters not too long ago. And pretty much the gist behind that was... You know, the kids are out of the nest, so it's like, let, it's it's about us. Let's go yeah. Let's go have I life. we titled it Get a Life. We did. We, did, we titled yeah. it Get a Life. You guys have great titles on that. You know, what I say on that one is, you know, when your kids are out of the nest and they're having new and fresh experiences, follow their lead and, yeah. you know, go have some new and fresh experiences. Hey, what a joy to be with you. I'm so glad you're doing it. It's Thank great you. to get back. And uh, I talked yesterday to our good friend Roger Marsh. And yes. Say hello. He's still awesome. Oh, radio tell Roger hi. Yes, tell Roger hi. We, I, I think I, I don't know if you know uh, this, but I met Roger in junior high school. Is that right? He didn't tell me that. I thought <laughs> you guys it was like as adults, but uh, he's moving to Houston, Texas, oh. Next, oh. next month. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. Well, Jen, thanks for being here. Thanks for all that you're doing for Homeward. We are going to promote you as much as possible. Yes. And we're grateful that you are doing life at the same time we are with adult children because yeah. we're, learning, we're learning from that. And um, thanks for being on the Parent Pivot Podcast. Thanks. Yep. Great. And that is a tongue twist. You can at least give one for somebody who goes verbally and can say it 10 times fast and still make sense of it. There you go. I always have to slow it down. But uh, thanks for being with us. 